So welcome back to part two of our sermon series called Hidden Gods. But if you remember right last week, I said that in this sermon series, we're going to look at things that, that in and of itself aren't necessarily wrong. They can be good things, blessings from God, but sometimes we put them in his spot and make them God things. Like last week, we talked about the hidden God of approval. Right? Everybody likes to be liked, they want to be loved, they want to be approved of, and that in and of itself isn't necessarily wrong, but often we go to the wrong things and to the wrong people for that love and approval, and if we don't get it, we're not happy. Right? And hopefully we walked away remembering last week that, that we are approved. We're approved by our Father in heaven because of what Jesus did for us. And so that was week one. Today, we're going to look at another one of those hidden gods, but unlike last week's, I don't know if this God is so hidden. The God we're going to talk about today is kind of out there for all to see. We find her on the covers of our most famous magazines. Influencers and experts will talk about how we can improve him, and we will shell out Buko bucks, just to get close to her. We're talking about the God of appearance. Maybe as we start, can we just like get honest for a minute? Like when it comes to our looks as a culture, and we're not immune to this, we are obsessed. Would you agree with that? Looks are, are so important. They're such a big deal to us. We're, we're consumed by it, right? Did you know that the average person spends over $200 a month on their appearance? Now, before you say, no, that's way too high, Pastor, think about it. We buy shampoos and conditioners, soaps and moisturizers, serums and mascara, and I haven't even gotten started yet, right? Vitamins and supplements and oils and gym memberships, and I could keep going, in fact, I, I don't know if this number is 100% accurate. It came from Forbes, so, so take it or leave it. But it says that the beauty industry last year made $532 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars. And that's just talking about the beauty products like makeup and the soaps and the creams. It doesn't even add in supplements, vitamins, gym memberships, oils, etc. $532 billion. That's big business. Now, I don't think I have to convince you that as a culture we are obsessed with our looks. So maybe really what we need to do is we need to consider why is that? I think the answer is relatively simple, right? We want, we like what the God of appearance will give us. Let me show you what I mean. If somebody walks in, male or female, good-looking, fit, well-dressed, you know, hair done up, clean-shaven suit, dress, whatever on, what will they get? Bingo! They will get attention. They will get respect. They will get admiration, right? Oh, what did you do with your hair, girl? That looks so good. Yo, bro, man, you're looking like you're losing some weight. You're getting some gains. Way, way to hit the iron. Right? Oh, those shoes are awesome. 
oh, you look gorgeous, right? You will get attention. You will get respect. You will get the stares of the opposite sex. You know what else you'll get? You'll probably get more dates. And, and this blew my mind as I was reading this this week. Statistics say, some of the studies say that, that you will even get better job opportunities and make more pay based on your appearance. Right, the God of appearance offers to give us so many things, right? The promises, you'll feel healthier, you'll look better, feel sexier, more confident. You'll get the admiration of your peers. And who of us don't want those things? Yet here's the problem. When you look at that photoshopped picture of her on the magazine, when you see his sculpted muscles on the screen, and then you go into your bathroom in the morning and flip on the light and look in the mirror, doesn't match up, does it? Right? When you think about the world's ideal of beauty and appearance, whether you're a male or a female, because there's pressures on both these days, you look at the mirror and you don't like what you see. In fact, I asked for your help this week and I was blown away. I got like 30 to 40 different responses either posted online or personally someone shot me a text. And I asked one simple question. I said, I need your help. I want one question answered. Do you like the way you look? And I want to share with you the answers that I got. And I didn't attach names to them, just the answers. Although if you post it on social media, your name's on there, you know that, right? Um, okay, so here's some of the answers. I got eight yeses, which I was actually a little surprised that it was that high, but it's nowhere even close to 50-50 on this one, right? But eight yeses, although I'd still wonder, really, you, you never have a down day on your looks, but they said yes. There was a happy-ish. <laughs> a couple said, well, it depends on the day and circumstance, right? Like some days, yes, I like how I look, and other days, their answer was, no! There's about 10 O's on there, so I hope I got that right if you're watching. Um, let's see, what else did they say? What, we had 12 hard no's, just simply no, had a couple of nopes, I'm not happy at all. all right, someone said, I, I miss my old body of my youth pre-kids. Someone said, I see an ugly, no good sinner. Someone else said, and I'm gonna, this is the last one I'm going to share, I see an ugly, insecure person who weighs too much. And I got a couple on the side, too, that weren't even those. And there were more guys didn't want to do this on social media. But, right, my arms aren't big enough. I'm not muscular enough. <sighs> so what do we often do? I think it's safe to say that at some point in time, most, if not all of us, we don't like how we look. So what do we often do with those feelings? We go to church. We go to church, we go and we worship at Target and Amazon Prime and a million other places to buy those products that we think will make ourselves look better. We'll go get our hair cut, we'll go get highlights, we'll buy new shoes, new dress. I mean, think about this, right? Like, we are so blessed that we have a closet full of clothes and what will we do? Something's coming up. I gotta go get a new pair of shoes, new pair of jeans, a new dress. I can't wear that old thing because we're so worried about how we're gonna look. And so when we feel doubt about our looks, our, our tendency, our natural reaction is to go to church and worship and consume and try to buy the things 
that we think will make our lives better, that will look better. Our appearance will come off as better so we can get that praise and attention and feel confident, right? But here's the problem. Remember last week what I said about an idol? An idol promises blessings, but you're going to have to give it a sacrifice. That's how every idol works. I'll give you blessings, but you have to sacrifice something. Now, we already kind of alluded to one of the sacrifices you are going to have to give the hidden God of appearance. You're going to have to hand over your hard-earned money. Because shoes and haircuts and dyes and oils and supplements and face creams and serums and gym memberships and vitamins and da-da-da-da, that's going to cost you. It's not free. Another sacrifice that the hidden God of appearance is going to demand of you is your time. They say that the average person takes about 26 minutes, I think I saw, to get ready in the morning. And Now, some of you ladies maybe are thinking, I can't get out under an hour. You're nuts. And some of the guys are like, hold my beer, watch this. I can do it at about five. And that includes a shower and a shave and getting dressed, right? <laughs> but think about it. Think about how much time you spend on your appearance, whether it's your morning routine or the gym or, or the meal preps and plans or whatever it is, the shopping. We all spend some time, right? You're going to have to sacrifice some of your time and your money and hand it over to the God of appearance. And, and I'm going to give you one more. There's probably a couple other ones we could talk about, but I'm going to give you one more. The other thing that you're going to have to hand over is your joy. Right? Because if you look at the world standards and then you look at the mirror and you're never satisfied or happy, so you go worship at all these things to get your appearance, you will always be insecure. I don't like how I look. I'm ugly. I'm not beautiful. I, I got to do something different. I'm not muscular enough, strong enough, right? Because the culture says you got to be this way. And you're always going to be chasing after this uh, elusive joy and confidence in your looks if that's what you're trying to do. Did you know that God actually has quite a bit to say in his word about appearance? Maybe you didn't know that. There's quite a few places in scripture. Now, we're going to look at three different ones specifically today. Um, but there's a lot of different places. And before we look at this passage, I want to make this very clear. Because sometimes, I, I, yes, I want to make this very clear. Am I saying that getting your hair cut and, and buying the nice clothes and all these things, the supplements, the gym members, is that wrong? No. No, not, a, not even close. But don't make it your God. Don't make your appearance who you are. Because we're going to see in God's word that that's the furthest thing from the truth. So, the, the first passage we want to look at, and this is kind of broken up, so guys, stick with me. This is more addressed to the ladies, but the principles still apply to you. And when I get to you guys, same thing, ladies, the principles apply to you as well. So first up, in 1 Peter, this is what God says to us. He says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Ladies, you know what God is saying about your appearance? I want to kind of boil this down simply for you, ladies. God is saying this. I don't really care what kind of clothes you wear. 
I don't really care how you do up your hair. If you curl it, straighten it, you go natural. Okay, whatever. Doesn't bother me. I don't care about that, really. You want to wear makeup? You don't want to wear makeup? You want to rock those heels in that cute dress? Or you want to be in sweatpants and, and flip-flops? It doesn't matter. Whether you shop at, at the Gap or at Walmart, God says, whatever. You know what God's concerned about? You, you know where God looks for inner beauty? Right here. God looks for beauty inside, right? Inner self, that unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So, so what does that mean, ladies? That means, you know what most important to God is, is that you know him, love him, and follow him. All the other stuff, yeah, he's not concerned about that. Right? What, what's really attractive in God's sight is, is a woman who follows Jesus. A woman who's quick to forgive and, and slow to anger. A woman who is thinking about how can I serve others and serve Jesus and not just myself. A woman who spends time with her Savior regularly and shares that knowledge with her children and her friends and her spouse and beyond. I think there's actually a better passage, ladies, that, that God describes this kind of beauty. It's in Proverbs 31. Now, the whole book of Proverbs, um, actually Proverbs 31, the whole chapter is really talking about what does a godly woman look like? What does she do? How does she act? And, and this is what he says in Proverbs chapter 31, right at the end, summing it all up. Do we have it? It's all right, you keep going. This is what he says. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who knows, believes, trusts in Jesus, that's the woman that we should be praising. That's the woman that we should be emulating. That's what God says, ladies. Because here's the dirty little secret that the hidden God of appearance will not tell you. God did. He said it's fleeting, ladies. But the God of appearance won't ever tell you that. Someday your beautiful hair will turn gray. Someday, ladies, that smooth, beautiful skin of your youth will be filled with wrinkles. Someday that in-shape body that maybe you had in your teens or 20s, it won't be the vision of perfection according to the world. It's just not. And that's why who you are, ladies, has nothing to do with your outward appearance, how you look, and the clothes you wear. Not even close. So God says, don't focus on those things. And see yourself the way God sees you. Because if you're looking for beauty and acceptance and those things as you look in the mirror, you're never going to find beauty and security looking in the mirror. Never. You're always going to have something that you're like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I know people that are even like perfect, right? And they'll, they'll find something to be like, I don't like that about myself. You won't find joy and security looking in the mirror. But you will when you look at God. And listen to what God says he sees when he looks at you. Because ladies, you know what God sees when he looks at you? 
He doesn't see wrinkles. He doesn't see gray hair. He doesn't see a youthful body either. You know what he sees? He sees his beautiful, gorgeous, stunning, amazing, I don't know how many more words I can throw in here, daughter of his. He sees his daughter who has been washed of all of her sins by Jesus. He doesn't see the blemishes or imperfections. He sees someone who's been forgiven. He sees his child, his daughter. So you know what, ladies? Go ahead. Get some exercise. Eat well. Those things are good. They serve a purpose and a place. Dress up. Look your best. But don't look to that to find your beauty and security. Those things can't make you beautiful. Not truly. Jesus already has. Guys, told you I'd get to you. So if you're sleeping, wake up. Now, I bet you some of you guys are thinking, we don't need to talk about this, Pastor, because I don't worry about that stuff. My wife's the one who does the makeup and the clothes and da-da-da-da-da. That, that's not me. But, but I would argue that's actually not true at all. Maybe we do this differently, guys, but it's just as important in its own way. In fact, it always has been. If you go back to the ancient Greek and Roman cultures, they were big time into to having a sculpted muscular body. Just look at some of the art. Right? I, I didn't bring any pictures because they're usually naked, but right, they, they kind of praise that, that nice muscular built physique. We still do too. Well, listen to what God says, particularly the guys. But again, ladies, these principles apply to you too. This is what God says. He says, Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So guys, what's God saying? He's saying that's cool. You, you can go pump some iron, get some gains, take some supplements. I'm not saying that's wrong, but don't make it the be-all and end-all. Right, you want to do some of that physical training? That will help you in life. It will help you maintain a, a healthy physique and, and a healthy body, and it's going to help you carry out your roles and responsibilities as a husband, as a father, as a single person, marine, accountant, whatever you're in right now. But God says don't make that the priority. Before you train your body, God says train to be godly. See, guys, there's just some things that the God of appearance will never be able to do. I want you for just a minute, guys, to think about the different relationships in your life. If you're married, think about your spouse. If you're single, maybe it's a girlfriend, a fiancé, maybe it's a best friend, your parents, wherever you're at. Think about those relationships. Being able to bench 300 pounds and squat 650 will never fix your marriage if it's having trouble. Did you know that, guys? Your kids don't care one bit whether you have a six-pack washboard stomach or you have a bit of a gut. You know what they're going to care about? If dad was there, if he played catch in the backyard, if he was around and didn't, didn't worship his job, they're going to think about those things, not your appearance or physique. Your looks, 
They're not going to be able to maybe get you out of that financial debt that you're in if you're struggling there. And your PFT score, that brother that maybe you've been fighting with or, or that parent who's sick and, and suffering and maybe even dying, that score means nothing. Physical training is of some value, God says, but training to be godly, knowing Jesus and who he is and what he's done, way more important and way more valuable. So how are you going to do it, guys? How can you train to be godly? Well, one way is what you're doing right now. Whether you're in person or if you're watching online, you could be out golfing. Okay, maybe not today, it's raining. But you could be out golfing, you could be on the boat, you could be doing yard work, you could be just sleeping in and chilling because it's the only day in a busy week that you get to relax. But you're not, you're here getting a spiritual workout in because you know it's important. And that's a good thing. And I thank you for being here and watching. But you also know that working out once a week or having a healthy diet just once a week and then the rest of the week you sit on the couch and you consume burgers and pizza and chips, you're not going to be that healthy at all, actually. Same is true spiritually, guys. If you want to stay strong and be able to lead your wives and, and kids and fiancés and family and friends, you're going to have to be in the God's word more than just an hour a week. So what can you do? I'm just going to give you a few quick suggestions. Maybe it's you download that Bible app if you haven't yet. And there's a lot of them, so if you need help, come and ask me. I can shoot you in the right direction. What's crazy about these apps is even if you're super lazy like me, the guy will actually, or gal will actually read it for you. You don't even have to read it. They'll, like, read it for you. Um, so that way you can put it on in the car. When you're driving out to base, you can put it on in your vehicle, maybe when you're going to pick up your kids at the line waiting there. Maybe that's one thing you could do. Another thing is maybe that family devotion that you've always known as a child of God, I should be doing more of this personally with my family. Now's a good time to start. Find one. There's hundreds of thousands of them. I mean, there's no, no, no limits. Right? And again, ask me, right? One of the things I, I sometimes get a little bit sad about is I always say, hey, I'm here to help you, and almost nobody comes and asks. If you need help, I'll get you plugged in. It won't be that hard, and you'll be blessed through it. And your family will too. Maybe another thing is, if you have not been in, connected to these life groups yet, you know the whole reason we started life groups? Is number one, connect you to Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done for you. That's the number one reason we're doing life groups. But number two is to get connected with each other. You know, one of the things I've learned over the years, whether it's a diet plan to get a little healthier or, or hitting the gym and, and working out, it's really, really important to have at least one person doing it with you so they can encourage you. They can hold you accountable, maybe on those days where you want to be lazy or you just want to eat the pizza and not go for the chong, right? And that's such a huge thing, to have a partner, somebody to do this with you. Same in your walk of faith. So sign up for one of those life groups. Again, if you're not sure, talk to our coordinator, Jason. Talk to me. We'll get you plugged in. But whatever you do, get plugged into God's Word. Because physical training, guys, it's of some value. God doesn't say it completely is stupid, don't do it. But he's saying, you know what's way more important if you're going to be my child? 
get into the weight room and pump some spiritual iron so that you can know who I am and that you can lead your, your family to the cross too. Friends, as we wrap up today, I, I want to leave you with this big truth because I know that when you leave here, when you pull up your, your social media feeds, when you turn on the TV, when you walk down the magazine aisle at the store, it's going to send you a completely different message. So you need to hear this. Your beauty and your strength come from Jesus. Not you, not your physique, not what you wear. It comes from Jesus. Whether you have big biceps or you're scrawny, whether you wear fashionable clothes or you're a sweatshirt and flip-flop from Walmart kind of person, doesn't matter. Whether you got the, the chiseled, youthful body or you got a bunch of love handles and a gut, if you have Jesus, you have everything. If you have Jesus, you are beautiful and amazing and strong in the sight of the Father. You want to know why? It's because of what we heard in our first reading today from Isaiah 53. Did you know that Jesus didn't have a six-pack? He, he didn't pump iron all day. He, he wasn't gorgeous walking the runway models. Did you know that? I think he did. In fact, the Bible says there was nothing, absolutely nothing about Jesus that would attract us to him. Nothing about his looks or appearance or dress that people would be like, whoa, look at him. He's got it together. In fact, Isaiah told us that, that he was disfigured. He was despised. And when he came around, he was so unappealing to look at that people had to look away. And nowhere do we see that come to fruition than the cross. And on the cross, Jesus did not look handsome and beautiful and strong, did he? On the cross, we see him disfigured and despised and rejected. On the cross, we see nails piercing his hands and his feet and a crown of thorns that had been smashed into his head and a steady stream of blood and tears and saliva matted his beard. And as he's hanging on that cross and his blood and sweat and urine run all the way down his legs... That's not pretty. And it was those legs that he would periodically probably push up on so that he could get a full breath because he was slowly suffocating. And every time he did that, another sliver would smash into his back as he arched himself up just to get a breath that really wasn't there. And I didn't even mention how he was not only stripped of his dignity, but he was also stripped of his clothes, probably hanging there naked for the whole world to see. Disfigured, rejected, despised, you bet. Nothing pretty, nothing beautiful, nothing strong about Jesus on that cross. But he did it for you. Right? Jesus came and he refused to worship the God of appearance for the times that we have. Jesus came, and he actually gave up his appearance. Think about this. Jesus is God, right? And so Jesus takes on human flesh. And maybe, maybe in the Gospels where we get just a glimpse of his actual true appearance that was stunning, amazing, beautiful, and glorious was his transfiguration. Remember the story? Took a couple of those disciples up on a mountain, and, he's, and he just kind of pulled back the veil, and it was too much for them to handle. 
Well, Jesus said, I'm going to give that appearance up. Because he didn't come to worship the God of appearance. He came to seek and to find and to save you. Jesus came to make you beautiful. To make you handsome and stunning in the eyes of your father. And he did it on his cross when he paid for your sins in full. Because of Jesus, you're forgiven. Because of Jesus, you're saved. Because of Jesus, when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see ugly or fat or blemished or imperfection or whatever other labels some of you gave yourself when you looked in the mirror. He sees none of that. He sees his bride, as Scripture tells us. He sees perfection. He sees his children that he loves. You want to look good? Okay. Jesus says, do the workout, the meal plans, the supplements. Nothing wrong with that, but don't make it your all. You want to feel confident about your looks? Don't look in the mirror. In fact, I know you're not going to do this, but if I could get you to, maybe we should take every mirror we have in our house and smash it. Because if you're looking for peace and security and beauty in there, you will never find it. But in God, you do. You'll never find it until you see yourself the way Jesus sees you. You'll never know these things until you know about yourself what Jesus knows. And he says, I love you, daughter. I love you, son. And you are beautiful. You are perfect. You are forgiven. You are saved. And you are mine. That's true beauty. Amen.